Hello, this is Get Up and Grow Girl, a podcast for ambitious go-getters who just want to be their best damn selves. We have all the tools and together we're going to learn how to use them because I'm going to speak to a variety of experts in fitness, business, mindset and more because successful people are made and not born. So get up and grow, girl. Good morning, guys. So today I was speaking with Kelsey and she is an influencer and blogger at Kelsey in London. And she's also the founder of Creative Girl Gang, which is a online community of creatives and bloggers and creatives, which I'm a member of. And I found it so fascinating watching how Kelsey runs this group. And it's very difficult to put my finger on exactly what it is. I guess we're going to get to it in this episode. But it's her mentality and the way that she runs this group that made me really intrigued and made me want to speak to her. Um, Because I think she has a a mindset that is really beneficial, but maybe doesn't come naturally to everyone. And I think it's something that can be quite hard to adopt. And maybe sometimes it can be a little bit counterintuitive um, when you're in a creative industry. But I definitely think it's something that can breed so much more success than it can um impact so we also went on to a load of different things it kind of went off on a bit of a tangent but that's the way I like it as you know so we spoke about building an online brand and um, Kelsey has done that really really well so she gives us some tips on how she did that and how you can really make sure your content is valuable for your audience um, we also spoke about building a freelance business and the, some of the steps that you can take to set yourself up so that you're ready to take the jump So enough from me, let's hear it from Kelsey. Hi guys, I'm here with Kelsey of Kelsey London. Kelsey, can you tell us a bit about what you do? Maybe like one line or two? Hey guys, uh, so basically I'm a freelance graphic designer. I also blog and I'm the founder of Creative Gal Gang, which is a group for like-minded female bloggers and creatives. So can you tell us like what drew you into those fields? I know there's more than one, but maybe you could even like run us through your career and how you came to be doing what you're doing definitely um I would definitely say getting in the whole blogging and fashion world was a complete accident um obviously I started my career as a graphic designer um I also ran a magazine while I was at university which very much covered music and art and then I got an internship at a fashion website Um, And that's kind of where my experience in e-commerce and fashion began. So I was never really interested in fashion. I would just kind of wear really daggy vintage clothes. (laughs) And um, from working at these companies, that's kind of where I started building my following because I would get the customers following me from the store's main account. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, wow, like people are actually following me and all I'm doing is posting shitty photos of avocado and toast. So I started to then take it a bit more seriously and then that's when I started to realize that I could actually earn an income from it as well, which is just still mind blowing to me. <laughs> so you were kind of like blogging by accident. Is that like? Definitely. And, and <laughs> the funny thing is I don't actually have a blog. Uh, people always say to me, oh, I love your blog. But I just, you know, document things on Instagram. And I do think in a way that is kind of a blog these days because you can kind of tell a story through your caption or through your stories. So I think it, I think it counts. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, I started with a blog and then went on to Instagram. And I feel like not that many people actually go and read my blog anymore. Everyone's just staying on Instagram. Yeah. So you don't really need to have a blog to be a blogger. Definitely not. But um, 
I think people read blog posts if they're juicy and kind of gossipy these days. I don't think people want to be told like, you know, my fave spring dresses. Like, yeah, it has to be, have a bit more gut to it. I think these days, um, and people just don't have as much time. So, yeah, it's kind of grabbing them on on Insta stories and in, in short snippets. Yeah, the attention span is decreasing, isn't it? So, yeah, that's what Instagram is for. Is just those quick, short little bits of content. Um, but one of the other things that you mentioned that you do is run Creative Girl Gang. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found so interesting when I stumbled upon that group, and obviously I am a member and I've been watching from the sidelines, <laughs> and I find it really interesting how much you share on the group. So you have that sharing mentality instead of the scarcity mentality. I think that's how you say the word. <laughs> We're undecided. Um, but people can be quite secretive, obviously in this industry, but in every industry about what they're doing especially when it comes to like creativity and things like that Mm -hmm. and you just give so much on that group so have you always been like that or is it something you're trying like consciously to make an effort to do I think I've always been like that and it it may come from a more kind of from my controlling controlling traits because um if I discover a great way of doing something, I kind of think everyone should also be doing it the same way. So therefore, that's my kind of nature to share. But um, the, the way the group started actually came from someone else's scarcity or scarcity mentality. <laughs> and basically what had happened was I had some, you know, some acquaintances in the blogging industry. And, and one day I kind of asked them, you know, hey, does anyone have a contact email for this brand? Um, and, you know, we, we'd known each other for a while. We'd gone to brunch and I thought, you know surely someone has this and and one of the girls replied saying no like you can find it yourself I've got it but I'm not going to share that with you and I was like okay and I just thought how shit I felt and I was like that's really weird I thought we were friends and and I basically googled it and got the email for myself in two minutes so I was like I don't know why she couldn't have just shared it with me and then I thought I don't want to ever feel like that again and I think um insights and resources should be shared because there's enough opportunities for everyone and it shouldn't you know you don't have to keep it all to yourself because everyone will have their own individual take on it so yeah. yeah so it kind of came from a negative place not from my own obviously thoughts but that's what kind of got me into creating that community yeah I think that's so good and it's something that like I said to you privately I'm trying I like learned from you <laughs> and I'm trying to do this more and more myself because I do think that scarcity mentality hinders us rather than other people. Like if you're trying to hold something in to protect yourself, you actually mm. end up being the one that misses out. And it's, but it is hard to do, I think. And so it's really good how you just naturally seem to do it. Um, but sometimes when you do use a sharing mentality, you just give. And to me, what I mean by that is you just give out as much as you can and try and help people and share information and stuff like that. Sometimes there will be cases where you can, be burnt so to speak and you can share something and it can just be taken and maybe repurposed and you won't get that sense of you know credit or which isn't why we should share but I guess we kind of all expect that when you share you give and you get and there's there's a sort of two-way street there and sometimes when you do put out so much there will be times when you don't get that two-way interaction so have you ever experienced anything like that or if you have do you have any tips on how you can just like move on from it and overcome it yeah I mean I haven't experienced it that much um and obviously it's an amazing feeling to be thanked for when you do share your insights or your work um I've never been worried about people taking the information I put out and copying per se or kind of misusing that because I always feel like 
there will never be someone like me and there will never be someone like you because we're all individuals. So if you share like an insight or an email or a shoot location, you're all going to have to have a different take on it. So it's just something that doesn't cross my mind. Um, I mean, yeah, if I deal with it in the future, I think I will just kind of move on because, you know, there's a lot more benefit from sharing than there is from if you didn't. So, yeah, I think that's really good. And that probably comes from a, a place of being quite, um, what's the word, confident in yourself or maybe self-assured and knowing who you are. And that's something that we probably all need to do. And that's one of the things that I try and push on the podcast is that sense of grow and be comfortable in who you are. And that's like the first step. And it's, it kind of reminded me what you said of this is so cheesy, but that like cheesy Instagram quote, which is you are your own, you are your own. No, you are you. And that is your, no. <laughs> Again, the whole, there's too many quotes out there. I think it's, is it no one is you and that's your superpower. That's great. I've not heard that one. Yeah. Something lovely, like yeah. that. If it's not exactly that, you get the gist. Um, but that's basically kind of what you said in a in a different way. Definitely. And I guess that means that everyone, you can share something and you can share like a photo location or a, yeah, your favourite brunch spot. Yeah, and, and someone, whoever else receives that information might style it differently or create differently and present it differently. So mm-hmm. that's why you don't feel threatened. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah. So then with that sharing mentality, do you think that that's kind of linked into what you're doing now and has helped you maybe to grow or to be successful? I definitely think it has played a large part in kind of my growth as a personal brand and online. I mean, obviously we're looking at Instagram um, as one of the main areas. I think with having a presence online, whether that is on Instagram or YouTube or anywhere you can't just kind of post a pretty picture anymore. You have to serve others, um, whether that's inspiring them to buy an outfit or to go travel or teaching them how to do something that you do. People, you have to basically enrich or educate them. Otherwise, they're just going to feel like a bit uninspired and, and unfollow you. So it, it definitely does help in terms of that, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And that's something that I've just started to realise after doing the whole Instagram thing for years. Yes. I finally just started to realise that, it needs to be about serving other people. Definitely. And I read something, I think a quote, which was so good. And like, I just, I think it's perfect. It was that you are not the hero in your audience's story. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that they are the hero in their story and you're just the guide. And I think that is like, so like inspiring because it is difficult and everyone falls down that route of, when you're an Instagrammer or a blogger or something, we kind of are the centre of attention or we think we are or you want to be in, like, it's only human nature to want to be in the centre, mm. um, at least for a part of it. But our role as an influencer or as a blogger isn't to be the star of the show. It's kind of just to be that guide, which is sort of what you said there in terms of, like, you're not there to just post pictures but you're there to serve them and to show them something that they can take into their own life definitely I think I think coming you know starting my career as a graphic designer like my clients are my heroes so I'm there to serve them I don't know why it should be so different when you're an Instagram or a blogger because we're not really celebrities like let's be honest like we're still serving people so that's really where the focus should be yeah so I guess it's always looking at what am I offering with this 
piece of content or what can they learn from it or how can it benefit them yeah do you kind of think about that before you put anything out or does it come naturally to you now I guess there's always a struggle between because you know doing something that makes you happy but also what your audience is going to love and respond to and and you want to make them feel good about themselves and keep following you so you know, that's why I probably have a second account where I just post crappy photos. So I kind of satisfy myself in that way and then have my, you know, business account where I'm inspiring others. Okay, I was actually going to ask you that. So I was going to say, how do you balance that? Like you're only human, you're a person. Yeah. But you sometimes have to be thinking like a brand and Mm -hmm. you are a brand in a sense. So you have to make a purpose behind everything that you put out rather than just post what you want sometimes. But you do that if you're having a separate account yeah Yeah. or even just Facebook you can just post stupid videos on there like (laughs) it doesn't have to be so curated so I think yeah having that separation is always good balance yeah so similar sort of question then it's still about your like personal brand since you've built such a strong one do you have any advice to like other people in terms of whether they're bloggers or maybe you know starting their own business or something like that um any 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 sort of tips on building that digital presence and like how you can build such a strong um brand definitely by staying authentic to yourself and your brand is is very key because that's what differentiates you from other brands and personalities um and again back to the whole thing about you know listening to your followers taking time for them you can't just kind of post something and expect you know, you have to reply to them and make, like, if you're a business, make sure you're replying to emails and phone conversations and stuff like that. Um, those are key to growing a business. And if you forget about that, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I don't know if you just heard that, but that was drilling. I don't think you'd be able to hear it on the tape. So let's just, <laughs> let's just push through <laughs> and turn that in. Um, so I know you moved to London from Australia. So can you tell us a bit about what that was like? Because I guess you're moving not just only countries, but you're moving the place that you operate your business. I don't know if you were always doing what you were doing before you moved over, but maybe you could just tell us about that experience like in general. Yeah, well, before I moved over, I kind of had left a full-time job. So when I first came to London, I kind of thought I would be freelancing, but then I was looking for a full-time job. Um, But Whenever I worked full time, I also had my freelance clients. Uh, I'm very lucky in that with graphic design, you can work wherever in the world. So I have clients back in Australia or in New York or in Singapore. It doesn't matter because, you know, things like WhatsApp, you can have a phone conversation with them. So I didn't really felt feel like moving had a major effect on my business. Uh, if anything, moving to London created a lot more opportunities. So there's just a lot more out there, a lot more contacts. Uh, it was definitely one of the best things I've done in my life. So wish I had done it a bit sooner to be able to be honest so yeah I mean I think I think um besides my business though I think it was more the kind of you know making new friends and and contacts because when you work alone you don't really have a colleague so again kind of creating that community where you know you have people for different interests really helps so is that something that I don't know the exact timeline but is that something that prompted you to start creative girl gang like maybe to build like a community and friends around you and stuff or definitely like that is one of the main reasons was because I had all my contacts back home in Australia and studying in London I didn't really know anyone here and you know I would go to events and had to do that whole awkward introduce yourself and I thought yeah it'd just be great to always know someone there and that's exactly what that group is for and did you when did you come over how long have you been in London uh almost two years now yeah just over two years 
Okay. So do you feel like, was there ever that stage of like difficulty adjusting in, in the beginning or did you just kind of flow into it? Um, I, I do say, well, I think sometimes breaking into um, the kind of groups over here, I would say British groups maybe a bit hard. I do find compared to Australians, and I, and I don't mean this to be stereotypical at all. Um, it's just, yeah, a bit hard because I think people, you know, they already know people from university or from workplaces. Yeah. So they might not be as interested in making new friends, whereas expats, they have to make new friends. So they're the ones putting themselves out there. Um, but if you just keep trying, then you eventually crack through to someone and they'll realise how good you are. So they'll keep yeah. you around. So, yeah. I think that's that's definitely true. I've heard that a lot. And I do notice it when I travel. Is yeah. That British people are a little bit more, like, not closed, but maybe private or generally, like, stereotypically, we're a little bit more, maybe it's shyness. Um, maybe. And I've heard that, like, Americans and stuff are much more open in the beginning. Um, but that once you get like you keep pushing mm. British people they do open up but maybe it's just that first stage so this is a bit of a going off on a tangent but it made me think of something which is networking events and events like that so pre-creative girl gang did you go to things like that ever by yourself and did you have any tips for sort of getting through that first awkward bit because I went to loads last year and I think, yeah, it's just one of those. The more you do it, the better you get at it. But it was always that first five or ten minutes when you're just kind of standing there alone and everyone's in groups and you're like, how am I going to break into one of these groups? And I would just smile at people like as if I'm, they probably thought I had something wrong with me because I'm just standing there with like <laughs> this massive smile on my face, just smiling at everyone and looking for a way in to like get into the conversation. But I know that, yeah, I, w- I just wonder if you have any tips or things that you would do to sort of network or to introduce yourself to people considering you came here, like probably not knowing that many people. Definitely. Um, I think obviously when I would get invited to these events, I knew that I wasn't going to let, you know, not knowing anyone stop me from going because there was amazing opportunities that I would miss out on otherwise. Um, and being an ambivert, which is obviously, you know, what's the that? in between, that's the in between extrovert and introvert. Oh. So, we can come across as really outgoing and in person we are, but I definitely need my alone time to charge afterwards. So after an event, I'm like, okay, now time to be alone and no one talk to me. But um, yeah, like I've always grown up being a shy person and found networking really hard, but I would kind of just give a little rule to myself and say like, you know, just introduce yourself to three people and then you're kind of done for the night. Like, you've at least you tried. And yeah. um, I would definitely always start by going up to the person who's also alone because they're probably also dying to be talked to. So it's just simple as going up and saying, hey, like, you know, what do you do? And, you know, who do you know at this event? Who invited you? And, and just ask them a lot of questions because people love to talk about themselves. So, and then, you know, I've had done that in the past where I went to a girl who was alone and she introduced me to like half the event. So uh, it's oh, worked wow. in my favour. And then I think eventually if you keep doing that, then you probably will know people at the future events. And yeah, yeah it's just kind of make a promise to yourself and then, you know, set a realistic amount. You know, I'm introducing myself to two people or five people and, and at least, you know, you tried. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. I guess that that's something for anyone that does do freelance work or, anything where they work for themselves it's something I've been thinking about as well myself just today is that obviously I I do personal training so in a gym I'm there all the time so you get used to the people there but how often do you actually speak to somebody who you don't already know and I've been thinking to myself I need to put myself out of my comfort zone and still go up and say hi to people who 
maybe have been there the whole time but I've never actually like introduced myself to and just like go up to somebody who you don't know and start talking to them and I think that's quite a hard thing to do but um I think every time you do something like that you feel like so not proud of it I don't know if proud is too far maybe proud of yourself you gain something back like a trust in yourself that you can do something else that you thought would be difficult yeah and so I think even if it's not a case of like going up to speaking to someone because you have to or because you want something from them just do it for the sake of like growing as a person Mm -hmm. from doing that um so then let's move on to maybe like your business plans for the future and I won't obviously make you say anything that you don't want to share with us yet but is there any kind of dream or vision for yourself in the future with your business I just really want a dog like that's literally my goal in life (laughs) I really want a dog as well (laughs) Uh, that's literally all I'm working towards but um no people often ask me this and I literally just want to be doing the same thing I'm doing now just on a bigger level so whether that's traveling more working with more people bigger and better brands and hopefully we'll dog by my side so um (laughs) yeah I love what I'm doing now and I'm just excited to find the opportunities that I'll get in the next five years so yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense and um, read the dog I really really want a puppy but my boyfriend won't let me so oh, if which one did you have to choose one the boyfriend or the puppy like oh, <laughs> I don't know I mean I can't make that choice yeah because he's listening <laughs> um sorry but if you get a puppy we can yeah. let me walk it definitely 100 100 um so this is stepping back a bit but have you always been freelance then no it was only kind of March this year that I made the full the transition oh, over yeah okay it just kind of got to a point where I was doing my full-time job and I was constantly having to say no to opportunities and trips and stuff and I was like you know something's got to give it's either yeah. the freelance stuff or, or my job and I just kind of wanted a bit more flexibility to travel as well um every six or eight months I want to go back home to Australia and do a month working from there and you don't get to do that when you work full-time oh, yeah. so yeah obviously it's a big scary thing to do but if I'm a firm believer if you if you want it and you'll you'll make it work I just can't let things fail that's just kind of in my nature yeah yeah I definitely experience that myself in terms of not necessarily like everything is in place not being 100% ready but just being like if I just do it then it will have to work exactly. and make it work and the the verdict's still out on that but um do you, did you find it difficult or was it something that like, were there any ups and downs or was it quite smooth? I think I was just so ready and because I already had a, a base of freelance clients existing and obviously I think you need three or six months rent in your bank account just for that financial security. Oh, my I God, had, did you do that? Yeah, I had I had both <laughs> those things. So I was kind of like, let's That's just great. let's just do it. Like, I really should have done that. Yeah, I didn't so I wasn't anything. stressed because there's nothing worse than being stressed about money. So I wasn't yeah. stressed about that and then you know I, I've been busy since so I think if I ever wasn't I'd kind of just pimp myself out and get more work you know what I mean like it just make yeah. it happen yeah so it's really good that's like make, makes a lot of sense that you kind of build up a network of clients and yeah. contacts and stuff how did you do that like do you have any tips on how people can do that or is it just literally a case of you work with a brand you just stay in contact I think um, I'm very fortunate in that my first ever boss has always recommended me to other people and then they've recommended me to other people. Uh, that's in, in terms of freelance graphic design work. Um, so word of mouth is really important. So it's really important that if you do a job for someone, you do it so well that they're going to recommend them you to a friend. Um, so that's kind of built up over the years. 
in terms of Instagram stuff, again, yeah, same same situation. Make sure that brand is you do amazing work for them and you're super professional, and then they're going to work with you again. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so then, what is the most important lesson you've learned throughout your career? I know that's so like broad, but you can share more than one, or you can share something that you know. You can share. You can share anything. <laughs> I definitely think one of the most important things you can do throughout your career is always be learning because I guess once we leave either high school or university, we, we think that that stops. But yeah, I'm always learning something new every day and whether that's kind of self-initiated from, you know, going on YouTube and, and doing a tutorial or just talking to someone, there's just still so much to learn or even kind of stepping outside of your field and if you do design, look at some photography work or some psychology you know readings and stuff there's always just so much you can add to your business from that yes and that is why you are a grow girl um so let's wrap it up (laughs) and let me ask you the question that I ask everyone who comes on the show and that is what they perceive to be the grow factor so the grow factor is basically like the branded term for the like trait or mindset or like personality maybe it's like a practice something that a person has or does that you think makes the difference um, in terms of in them, like becoming who they want to be or like achieving the goal that they want to achieve. It's quite, again, like a big question. <laughs> no, no. I, I love that term, the growth factor. I'm definitely going to be using that more. Um, I definitely find you grow the most when you get uncomfortable and you, you know, you step outside your comfort zone because that's where true creativity happens um and that's yeah from my experiences where I've kind of pushed myself and done things I didn't want to do but that's when I've kind of stumbled across some amazing opportunities from doing that um it is scary but if you never try you'll never know so I think always just pushing through and experimenting and just putting yourself out there yeah I totally agree with that that is like the foundation of what I believe that made me want to do this but Another thing with that is that every time you do something that you really don't want to do, like this literally happened to me last week, there was like a networking event and I just wasn't in the mood. I was like, I don't want to go to an event by myself or whatever. And I literally came back like buzzing because it's like, oh, I could do it. And it was fine. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you feel like that most of the time happens? That if you do something that you don't want, you usually don't feel bad afterwards. Like you actually feel like glad that you did it. Definitely. I think the biggest example of that is doing a workout like you never regret a workout and you may not yes. you know oh I just don't really want to do this but once you do it you just feel amazing afterwards so it's just kind of teaching yourself that when you do do it you will feel amazing afterwards like just wait for that after, yeah afterwards phase yeah definitely okay thank you so much do you want to just tell people where they can find you and also maybe creative girl gang definitely um we can find me on instagram which is kelsey in london k-e-l-s-e-y and creative gal gang you know there's a link in my bio but you can also just search it on facebook it's gal g-a-l instead <laughs> of girl um yeah we'd love to see you there great thanks kelsey thanks